Jared Mayo. Hey man, you sound Andy. a little you, you sound a little under the weather. What's going on? I'm a little under the weather. I'm better. I'm better than what I was, but I'm a little bit under the weather. So what happened? I you know, it, I blame my wife. She <laughs> on uh, last week at this time, she was a little sniffly and I had one lick of her ice cream cone. And she said, you should not have done that. I'm getting sick. And I said, oh, I just wanted a taste. And how, I've been sick since. How do you how do you blame her if if she told you not to do that? Because I'm on a very strict diet, and she shouldn't have been eating the ice cream cone in front of me. <laughs> Why are you on a strict diet? <laughs> I've been on a strict diet for three years. <laughs> <laughs> by now, you have to look like you have to look like Captain America. By now. That's why I'm so frustrated. Why? Why do I not? What's wrong with me? I, I need some super soldier serum. I guess I suppose, but I mean, I saw a picture of you. You, 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 you went out of your way to take a picture of yourself rolling your eyes and texted it to me like, a <laughs> week ago. And I mean, really, I didn't take it seriously just because I can't. Somebody that beautiful, I can't take. You know, uh. rolling, rolling their eyes, I can't take seriously. so how long have you been feeling sick uh i mean i just got a little sniffly but then this weekend kind of what i got i just got taken down thursday to to yesterday was really the worst thursday i just i was at a hotel because i was had to work uh wizard world madison and i just felt it was like the worst seven hour drive of my life oh that's terrible I got the hotel and I just felt awful-er. <laughs> and I I laid down, because I hadn't been able to sleep all week either. So then I laid down and fell asleep. And when I got up, I thought, you know, I was really hot and I didn't feel well. But I thought, I'm so excited. I finally got eight hours of sleep. I looked at the clock and it was 2.45. <laughs> I'm like, I've been asleep for three hours. And I just... I just felt, I don't know, like, I was so hot. I was just, like, soaking wet. And uh, the hotel room I got, I had a hot tub in the room, though. So I filled it up with cold water, and I just laid in, in the hot tub until 5. <laughs> that sounds awful. That can't be good for you, laying in, like, cold water? Well, I was so hot, I didn't know how to bring my fever down. Oh, I gotcha. You know? I'm like, well, do I go to the emergency room and this place i don't know where i am or I'm getting in the hot tub and watch seeing what's on tv at three in the morning and it's terrible and, was there know. anything good on no no just the news <laughs> the news and not even good news like political like, news. right i was like i don't you know people are kneeling they're not kneeling people are you know <laughs> shooting a nuke in the ocean and they're not shooting it. i'm like oh, i just want to feel better <laughs> <laughs> Well, we won't draw this out anymore. I feel I, I'm starting to feel pretty bad for you. Uh, so this oh. is uh, the M6P. We are a comic book podcast. You can visit our website, uh, theM6P.com. You can email us at m6plc at gmail.com. And uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter at theM6P. You can also follow us on Facebook under facebook.com slash theM6P. We try to post throughout the day and... Love to have your interactions with us. We're also on every form of social media that we can 
think of to waste our time on from Instagram and Twitter. Always just look YouTube. Look for us under the M6P. And we're also an interactive podcast. So if you want to be a part of our show, we'd love to have you. You can call 616-755-TINA and leave us a message with a question or a comment or, um, you know, whatever. Just let us just let us know. And we'll play it on the air. Now, do, do we have a LinkedIn page? Because somebody asked me that. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, I, I only have so much time in the day. I, I think we need to really, you know, get some of these social media platforms out and just focus on, like, four. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, no, get them gone. Yeah. <laughs> So look, man, I wanted to talk about Secret Empire with you, and you. Well, had... hold on, hold on. Yeah, I want to. I want to know about you. You said you had a pretty kind of a stressful week, and then we also have some sponsors. Oh, oh, right. Yes, our sponsors. Yes. Look. Okay. Well, uh, we are sponsored. Listen to the sponsors first. We are sponsored by DCB Service Discount Comic Book Service. The only and best place to really get your comics at discounted prices, deeply discounted, 40% off uh, on your pre-orders, your single issues. And they have a, a sister site, InStockTrades.com. Uh, that's where I go to pick up all my trades for uh, Amazing Spider-Man to catch up on that. And look, here's the secret. They got a damaged section. Uh, these These books, I mean, know what you're going into, but nine times out of ten... They're not what you or I would consider damaged. They're what pristine collectors, maybe Jared, would consider them damaged. I don't know. But, I mean, if it's like a, a, a bent corner or the if the spine was printed at a slight angle, uh, I bet you you can't even really figure out what, what was wrong with this. So, um, go check that out. Uh, but DCBService.com is, is where you go for for 40% off on all your Marvel pre-orders. Yeah. Who, who cares about a dented corner? <laughs> It depends. <laughs> you know, save some money. <laughs> well, we're also sponsored by Community Retail Partnership. For all of your Office Depot and Office Max needs, check them out at crpsavings.com. We're sponsored by michaelwebsolutions.com. And we're also sponsored by themarvelousbox.com. For $25 every quarter, you can get over $100 of Marvel graphic novels Delivered right to your front door or back door. Well, where do you usually have your stuff delivered? Or your post office box, I guess. <laughs> or wherever. I don't know. Are we are we currently uh, shipping them out? Can can people still get in in time for the September shipment or no? Yeah, I mean, I won't. I won't ever tell anybody no. It is nice that when everybody has a, you know, they all subscribe within the same time. I can go to the post office just a couple times. But you know what? If you subscribe, I'm not going to tell you no. <laughs> That's very kind and generous of you. So, what did you want right. to know about me, this guy right here? Well, I know you had a pretty kind of stressful week at work, and you've got like all these kids at your house, and then there's the the hurricanes were a coming, and so it <laughs> well, just sounds like it was a, a lot for you. Oh yeah, yeah, you know it's it's I, yeah work is uh, work is okay. You know, we actually had a consultant coming in from another uh, another company, and uh, the first day, he was going to spend a whole week with us here, and we're working on this project. We have a January 1st deadline, which 
I've had January 1st deadlines for the past two years, and this one is year number three. So that's <laughs> I can't enjoy Christmas ever. But um, oh. he, uh, he he came and um, he really he helped us out a lot. Monday was pretty discouraging because uh, our plans weren't working out. Things didn't work the way that we wanted. They didn't work the way that he wanted. And so he told me later um, – I took him out to dinner, actually, and he told me later, you know, I don't know about you, but I felt Monday went pretty bad. <laughs> I was like, oh, yes, <laughs> it was terrible. We, there were emails flying back and forth with the president of the company over at like 1030 at night <laughs> over Monday. And so, but he came the next day and he said, you know, I couldn't sleep and I actually thought of some solutions for you guys and really we're, uh, we're knocking it out of the park right now. So even though that first day was stressful and we had to... Uh, do a lot to play catch up. We 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 did okay. I mean, this is boring stuff. People don't want to hear about work stuff. So, you know, the kids are fine. Well, yeah. We're playing soccer. That's about it. And you dodged all the hurricanes, right? I dodged them, yes. But those poor people in Puerto Rico and 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 Houston and goodness, Florida, man. Yeah. No, it was very bad. But it, it, for a while, they you know they were projecting that Louisiana was going to get hit. Oh, we'll get ours. Don't you worry. Oh, well, equal opportunity hurricanes, you know. <laughs> so what's going on with? Hey, did you hear about this end of the world thing this past uh, weekend? I missed it. Ah, uh, I'm still here. I know, I know. Well, I mean, maybe the world only ended for some people. I'm not sure. Well, he has the the person who predicted it has since come out and said his his dates were a little wrong. It's going to be next month. Oh, okay. Well, I'm fine with that. Buys us a little bit more time. I don't know. I just, I'm just i pretty sure there's something in the Bible about us not knowing when the end is coming. So. <laughs> uh, I think that, see, the end of the, the, end of the world... See, I, I heard several different things, and apparently I wasn't listening to the same thing that everybody else was. Like, there were some uh, astronomical alignments that were supposed to take place that did take place, but I didn't think that meant the end of the world. But apparently somebody out there said that Planet X, Nibiru, was going to slam into Earth, right? Is that who you're talking about? Yeah, it's like an invisible planet. Oh, okay, because that was going to be my next question. Like, how could we not see this thing if we can see the moon? Well, how did he see it? How did he know it was there if it's invisible? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe he's got special glasses or, or telescopes or something. I don't know. It's like a real-world incursion. This right exactly. I read about this in Avengers. <laughs> I know exactly what's going to happen. But they did it so much better, though. <laughs> oh, Hickman, you Adonis! <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want to get into Secret Empire? Yes, I'd love to hear what you think about the Secret Empire. Okay, I I can already tell you that me and you are not going to agree on this. Oh, <laughs> big surprise there. <laughs> I I really enjoyed this a lot. I like the uh, art. What? Just sighing. <laughs> <laughs> I like the art. I like the story. Um, I love Secret Empire Omega. I thought that was fantastic. And, um, yeah, you know, the, I could see how somebody could say it was a little anticlimactic with, um, Secret Empire number 10, how it ended. 
But I actually like the ending. And I like that Spencer created a new villain that we can use later on. I mean, it makes... I find that villain compelling. So it's not just for, like, for no reason. He truly... We got to see the evolution of this guy from the very beginning really thinking that what he's doing is the best thing for all humanity. Mm-hmm. So you know how they always say that, like, a good villain thinks that he's the hero? Sure. Absolutely. Well, a lot, of, a lot of times we don't get to see that because either the history's so long on these villains or because um, we we see this snapshot or it's just not believable. You know what I mean? Okay. But to me, this seemed very believable. Like, I was very sympathetic with the guy up until issue, like, number nine. You know, he was trying, it, it really seemed genuine, like he was trying his best and everything. And he, even though his methods weren't good, he had his eyes set on what he wanted to accomplish, the ultimate goal, the ends justify the means. Um, and then in number 10, where the McNiven's art, you could actually see when the two uh, heroes, or I'm sorry, the two Captain Americas were facing each other, how he drew the other one a little bit more evil looking with a darker face and more gaunt features and everything. He didn't draw them exactly the same. And um, I think, you know, that's to help the reader out by helping to, to show like the difference between, um, you know, the, the villain always has like sharper features and uh, all that type of stuff, more elongated uh, head and face. But I, so I think that was more of a caricature of, of the evil that he represented. But really, like, leading up into it, you could say, okay, well, I mean, he's, yes, he's subjugating humanity. You know, I, I guess the best way to put it is, like, you know in Avengers when Loki made everybody vow bow in the movie? Yeah. Okay, and he was like, isn't this what you really want? You want somebody to rule over you. You want somebody to, you know, to tell you what's going on and to lead you and you don't have to worry about anything. You want to serve other people. Um, in that scene there... It doesn't really make sense because you're like, this guy's pure evil. Like, he's enjoying this. Like, he likes to be the leader and the center of attention, and he wants to just rule over them because he wants to be in charge. Well, I didn't get that sense with this bad Captain America, evil Cap. Uh, I felt like he would say those things like, this is really what you want. You want us to rule over you. You want us to be in charge. And then him say... You know, you need this structure. You need this authority. You, it doesn't have to be me in charge. It could be anybody. But this is what's best for society and the nation and mankind. Uh-huh. 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 I'm listening. So, anyway, the the uh, Secret Empire Omega. Like, I thought the whole Cosmic Cube thing, the the person of the Cosmic Cube, I didn't like that. But I understand how it all ties together from Pleasant Hill all the way up until this point. Um, I like how they use the Cosmic Cube to rewrite history and everything. Um, Secret Empire Omega, I thought was very interesting because it talked about a lot of the political stuff about like, look, we want freedom, but our freedom, I'm kind of reading between the lines a little bit here, but our freedom, we can set that aside for security. Like in the world of chaos, if you join and be part of something bigger, then you feel a little bit more like you are in control and then you like that power and you like uh, being able to have not just the power, but being able to say, okay, I have some security, I have stability, I know what's going to happen in the future. Therefore, I have a sense of control about what's going on. And I think that Spencer did a great job of oscillating and, and uh, talking about the 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 population's 
attitude going back and forth from that. And I think that that's true because I, I think you can see it in, in all of our elections. Like if the population always wanted to, to go one way, then we wouldn't have a two-party system where 50% of the time Democrats get in and 50% of the time Republicans get in. You know, like people, yeah. you, you have that swing vote mentality where people are like, oh, I'm going to try something new. I didn't like this or, oh, you know, I want to have all this freedom, but now there's a lot of uh, chaos and confusion. You know, you just take the gun control issue, let's say, as an example. I'm not saying that this is true, but as, as, a, as a metaphor, um, going and saying, look, there's so many gun crimes. We need to put restrictions on this. And then we put restrictions on it and then it impedes, we have that security, but then it impedes, you know, the lifestyle of other people, hunters or, you know, gang, shoot people who like to shoot giant weapons, I guess. I don't know. And, <laughs> and then they say, you know what, well, maybe we can ease up on that. And then that introduces a, a, a piece of uncertainty or chaos back into it. And it just goes back and forth like that. I think you can definitely see that coming off of the Obama administration and going into the Trump administration and um, just the population just for during the campaign. Like after he got elected, um, I think you're going to see the pendulum start to swing back. Now it may start to swing back and we see it in 2020 or we may see it in 2024. You know, mm -hmm. anyway, that's I, I think that's all very, very true. I think he captured it pretty well, too. Yeah, I thought Omega was pretty well done. Uh, I like how they set it up that, it, you know, it's a battle that's going to go on forever. It's a war that's being fought. I also loved, you know, within the comic book, taking the politics out of it. I also love the idea that now people may not know what reality is. And so there's always going to be those people in their mind that say, no, 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 we're not fighting to change it. We're fighting to take it back. And that is going to make them work harder. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. What did now, you what did you think about these books or, or the entire series? Well, hopefully that will be followed up on, you know, as opposed to just end at this one shot. I think that somebody's going to come back and, and use them, whether they use them well or use them. Poorly, I, I don't know, but the whole idea of just like this is a battle we're going to fight, whether or not you're talking about safety and security versus freedom, or whether you're just talking about evil cap, who knows? That's really up to the next writer. Uh huh. Yeah. So, I, did you did you like the series or no? Um, not really. I I I liked the first issue. I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to try. I'm just going to try and be on board and and see where we go. And I felt that there was a, a lot of filler, I think, between 2 and 10. Issues 2 and 9. Yeah. There was a lot of filler. And instead of so much filler, you know, I wanted to see how, how did he come into power so quickly? And how did all the heroes decide whether to bow or to go against him? How did the, the X-Men come to be relocated to this new spot um how did they you know what what was the process for punisher you know bowing to cap there were there were so many things that could have been fleshed out and instead i felt like they wasted a lot of time with this series in just exposition that didn't really matter you know uh i agree i agree there was a lot of things i guess i just assumed because i didn't read the tie-in stories i guess i just assumed that a lot of those things were in the issues that I didn't read? No. <laughs> they they just, 
he just was in charge all of a sudden. And that, that was kind of hard to, you know, how everything just kind of fell in place. I guess it was an easy out in that, all right, we're just going to start with him taking over, and we're not going to deal with the details of how any of this happened or how these heroes came to be here or whatever. But but what happens is we just have only the, the champions' characters. They're the only ones that are rebelling, and everybody else is off the, the table. So go. I, I just didn't. That was kind of hard for me to swallow. When, yeah, I don't. I don't know why they focused on those characters. Yeah, that was a, another kind of hard part, is because I just don't care about them at all. And it was like, let's get all the characters that Jared doesn't really care for. We're going to put them together, and they are going to be the resistance. Like, oh no, 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 no. <laughs> what did you think about What did you think about Black Widow biting it? Well, I don't think she's dead. I think that you know we we've had the next solicitations. Uh, for what's coming out, and all Black Widow's characters, um, if that's a word, or nemesi, are being taken off the, are being killed, and so, um... You okay? Sorry, I had to, I had to cough there for a second. Okay. Um, so Hawkeye and Winter Soldier are trying to figure out why, you know. So I don't, I don't think she's gone. Yeah, you're you're probably right. Um, what did you think about the whole uh, Spider-Man not killing Cap and and that future not coming true? Well, doesn't that kind of invalidate all of Civil War too? <laughs> that, that's true. <laughs> you know, like oh great, another another crossover that I could not stand, and most people agreed, and now it doesn't even matter. It was all in vain. Yeah, I I agree. I actually like this one a lot better than Civil War Two. Oh, I think I liked painting my house better than Civil War Two. <laughs> it was just I don't know. It, I I don't know. I'm I'm ready. You know, I know Marvel Legacy is coming up, and I'm trying not to get my hopes up. But at the same time, I want to get my hopes up because they're they're teasing me that the Marvel of yore is coming back. You know, Do I'm you, hoping that's true. You don't think that's true? I, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I feel like so much damage has been done to these characters and the Marvel Universe is so unrecognizable. It, you know, we've said it on the show before. Secret Wars was a great spot that they had a chance to wipe the slate clean uh, with some of the direction that they were going in other places. And instead, they seemed to just double down on the mediocrity that they could produce. And so many of the Marvel titles now are so, they're so, they're political, they are out of character for who these characters are, they are snarky, they try to be, they try to be humor books, and they're, they're not funny at all, they're very focused on stuff going on in pop culture, and I just, they're just not going to stand up, these aren't going to be the titles that in 20 years... Steven is going to look back and say, oh, man, I loved when Daddy was reading these, and these are these are the best books ever. He's just not going to say that. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, that's going to be the Ecstatics, obviously. But you know what? Ecstatics is a book that a lot of people really loved, and it has a special place in people's heart. And they can go back to that and say, you know, I really liked what Mike Allred did. He took a different take on X-Force with these characters. He kept it pretty self-contained. It works in continuity, and it can also work not in continuity. But it was a good, just a good, you know, 40, 45-issue run right there. 
and people will hold that you know spot in their heart and they'll love that but no one is going to to say oh i just the days of civil war 2 and secret empire man they're just never going to get back there again <laughs> that's probably true do you, you know I, I wanted to ask you I, like i know this is not your favorite topic but like what did you think about did you think that these had a political message that was slanted for current events right now? Or do you think that they had some sort of uh, overarching political truths that objectively you could say, you know, this is true for all of time? Or or does it really – does it have to do with politics in America right now? I think probably 80 percent for uh, a, a slant of what is politics right now and probably 20 percent of – things that are just true in people's thinkings and ideals. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I thought it was I thought it was extremely poorly timed and to try and hide it and disguise it and say that it was just happenstance is silly. I, I it, it's one of those things where is, again Is that what they you, said? Oh yeah. Yeah. They said this has nothing to do with what's going on in politics today. It's just happenstance that this story is being told. And to me that's just another instance of them thinking that I their readers are stupid and we're not smart enough to see what's right in front of me is that you're making commentary based on what you believe about a put, uh, political uh, system right now. It, it's just not hidden at all. And the, the old school Marvel writers could have a political leaning and a political thought. And I mean, everybody does. There's nobody that doesn't have uh, an idea one way or the other. But to infuse it so much into a book where you can't see anything but that is not what I signed up for and not what I want to spend my three ninety nine on. I, I, at the risk of sounding completely stupid because you just said anybody who, <laughs> who thinks that it doesn't tie to it is stupid. Is stupid. I could No. <laughs> what I was saying is that Marvel, Marvel in their interviews, they said this was just a complete happenstance. And I'm just like, I feel like they're insulting me by making me, they're just telling me that, you know, whatever I think is not the truth. Well, but I know it is. It, it's okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I, I was just saying that I, I think that, you know, from my, from my point of view, obviously believing what the Bible says, that eventually there will be somebody that unites all of humanity um, in a, some sort of authoritarian rule or the majority of humanity in, in some sort of authoritarian rule, I don't think they're going to necessarily grab that power from everybody. I think a lot of the power is going to be given to them. And so because that is going to happen in the future, then I can totally see this book taking place. And I don't think that um, people are going to be like, oh, he's evil. I'm going to give him my power. I think it's going to be um, – one of those things where it's like, well, I mean, this guy seems like he has the best intentions and like what he kind of says makes sense. And I'm really scared uh, to uh, of this people group and, and, and these other people. And so like, I want security and I, I want to, I'll give that up to him, you know? So that's kind of where I see this. I don't, I don't necessarily view this as a, as a Trump anti-Trump uh, thing or, you know, the national anthem or uh, it's the statues coming down or a race thing at all. Um, except the one comment I do the, the X-Men thing with the, okay, well, we've always lived under this type of, then I think that obviously is a race thing, um, yeah. a race message, but the rest of it, hmm. like, 
I, I totally see that, you know, like humankind is scared. They're afraid of everything. And so when we have a strong, powerful leader that we feel like can save us from that, we do tend to, you know, turn that over to uh, that leader. Sure. And I, and I hear that. Uh, unfortunately, what they did is <clears throat> they made Marvel made it be Hydra who is associated with Nazis. They aren't Nazis, but there is an association there with it. So then to put that parallel into the real world, I was just like, I, I, I get your undertones because it's not even subtle, you know? Well, I suppose. So are you saying that, that like, because people are being called Nazis today? Yeah. Yeah. And then to have the, the person, you know, they took Captain America the shining beacon of hope and freedom and turn him into Hydra, a pseudo version of a Nazi into power. Okay. What do you think about, you you know how in an Omega uh, evil cap is saying, you know, you stand for this and you say that this is this, these are the ideals of your nation, but don't you think that's called into question now? Because if they handed power over to me and they knew what I was doing, then don't you think that the population is is asking for something else? Like, to me, that's an argument for more control. Like, okay, well, we need to make sure this doesn't happen because apparently democracy, everybody pretty much voted with the power that they abdicated and sent it over to this this one guy and said, look, I, I trust you. You go ahead and do this. Um, that To me, that's an argument for more controls. But I, I guess, do, do you... Is there a parallel now in the nation uh, that you see that, I mean, I know we're getting super political here, but um, (laughs) (laughs) that's what the P in M6P stands for. Um, Do you, do you see that? Because like, well, I'll let you answer first. Well, I'm not sure I necessarily understand your question. Well, if, if we say, okay, this nation uh, is a nation of rules and laws. And of course we want to, uh, take care of America first, right? Okay, so America first, um, you know, make America greater than all these things, right? So a hundred years ago, every single person in the nation would be like, absolutely, this is our country. Why in the world would we not put our people first? That's what our government is for. But nowadays, there is a strong outcry. I don't have numbers, I don't have percentages, but there's a, a vocal outcry uh, segment of the population that says, no, 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 we should be taking care of all humanity. Uh, us as Americans should say, you know, no nations, no borders type of thing. We're one people. Um, and if you say, no, we stand for America, and people say, yes, but America wants this change, the people of America want this change, that's kind of, I think, what Evil Cap was pointing out and said, you know, you stand for these values of a nation that may not want these values anymore. So then what do you stand for? Do you just stand for these archaic things of, of when you were uh, back in World War II? Or are you going to stand for the new values that are de- being demanded and evolving over uh, the population during this time? Well, I I think that some of those people's, it's still a 50-50. You know, some people believe in globalization and that, globalism is best and those other 50 percent still believe that nationalism is best right so you know it's that's where um a republic system not republican but a a a system of a a republic nation um is different than a democracy but as soon as as soon as let's say we go to a a democracy and 50 
1% of the nation starts to say, hey, we don't care about nationalism anymore, we care about globalism, then that changes fundamentally the structure of the nation. And so I think that that's what he was pointing out, you know, kind of like, they care. This is something you're going to have to fight forever. So like in light of that, though, where does that leave Captain America? Like, is he fighting for what What will he stand for? Like, you know, when 9-11 happened, they came out with all the Captain America books where he was actually fighting terrorists. Yeah. Yeah. Well, now, I mean, he was fighting terrorists against America. He was fighting on behalf of America. He is a captain uh, in, in the U.S. Army, you know, so like now... If he's not fighting for American values, what does he stand for as a character? What will his his character go? How will he evolve type of thing? Do you think that's going to well, change? Well, I mean, that could probably be a podcast in and of itself because, <clears throat> you know, Captain America, like you said, has always stood for American ideals. And I think those American ideals were set and for the most part agreed upon. <clears throat> but now they're not. So, you know, you might have, I don't know, like I saw yesterday a piece of art was released of Batman um, taking a knee with the American flag. And to some people that's offensive and other people it's not offensive. But there's no agreed upon, you know, maybe 20 years ago it would have been agreed upon that it was offensive to all. And I think that's going to be the problem with Captain America is... You know, who's writing Captain America? Uh, what will their thoughts on the American justice and legal system and the thoughts of democracy uh, play in the role of writing Steve Rogers? Do you think that just in this series, not in the actual Captain America title, do you think that Nick Spencer has done as good staying neutral as Brubaker did in his run of Captain America? No, I think I think Brubaker... I think Brubaker should maybe be the only one allowed to write Captain America. <laughs> <laughs> because cause Chris Wade is, is going to be taking over. Uh, not Chris Wade, Mark Wade. Mark and, Wade is going to take over Captain America? Yes. Is and, he still going to be writing Avengers and Champions? I know he's doing Champions. I don't know if he's doing Avengers or not. Uh, but Mark Wade, Mark Wade is one of the most vocal uh, creators online about his political views and it's a huge turnoff for me whether he agrees with me or doesn't agree with me as I don't I don't want to know that stuff because then it's it almost makes me read into everything that he says because I'm now clouded with you know him letting me know what he thinks on every single decision every political person ever makes you know hmm. so he doesn't agree with you he he voted for Trump no, I'm, I'm saying whether he <laughs> whether he agrees with me or disagrees with me, you know, it. I don't want I don't want any of any character to be written based on what I agree with and don't agree with. I want them to be written based on the character that was established in who they are. You know, if if all of a sudden Storm comes out and starts doing stuff for you know, well, let's let's use you know Black Power. You know, Storm becomes uh, this this champion for for Black Power, and she um, starts you know joining uh, Black Lives Matter or uh, anything like that. Like 
it's so far removed from her character. It doesn't make any sense. It's not Storm has never been that activist um, person, you know, and that was kind of a big and she did become that in some ways in the the crew that just came out. Like oh, yeah. this is just not Storm. This is really weird. And so that that's what I mean about Captain America or you know if Wolverine all of a sudden starts starts um, an anti-smoking campaign. Well, that's just weird. That's not, <laughs> not his character. That's, and it's, that's a good example you know, right it, there. It doesn't, it doesn't make... It just takes them out of, of who they are. You know, the characters have defined personalities that have been written for, you know, tens and tens and tens of years. And to just take them to mold them to what your thoughts are on a particular political topic... And now that you're the writer of that book and you can express yourself through that character's mouth, that's it's really disrespectful to the character that you've been in these you know, legendary characters that you've been entrusted with. You know, that's my thoughts. What about you? Well, I could definitely see that. But I, I mean, times are changing um, and it, it I, I think I'm in the camp of. You know, I don't know where the nation's going to go, so how can I say where the character's going to go type of thing? Kind of like what I said before, I don't want to repeat myself, but but if the nation does say, you know, we don't, we don't value this anymore, it's kind of like a professionalism in the workplace, right? So, yes, we all value professional. We need to be professional. We need to be professional. Back in the day, it used to be dressing nice. That's professional. Now it's like treating every single person with as much respect as possible. That's, you know, kind and courteous. That's, that's professionalism. So, yeah, we still believe in the value of professionalism, but the definition of it has, has changed. And so I feel like, you know, Captain America stands for truth, you know, but or or justice. But then, what? How does that definition of those things change? I, I think it's going to be interesting where it goes. I think it's telling back in uh, what was it like? Um, was it Action Comics number nine hundred or something like that, where uh, they had Superman say, "Well, I'm not an agent of America anymore. I'm an agent of the world," and like the whole, you know. A ton of people like were up in arms about that, and he said, "Well, I'm just not going to represent America. Don't think that what I do is America. Just think of what I do as you know, I'm doing it myself." So I think that it's going to be it's going to be more challenging as we go forward with how divided the nation is right now on things to actually write an objective Captain America, unless you forego the politics and you say okay Captain America now stands for himself and this is what he stands for it could be but I, I don't remember Captain America being super political in the 90s and um, he was still written yeah yeah it was more I mean but to me this touching on these things and reflecting uh, what America is going through right now um in this book, in a Captain America book, I'm more, I'm less opposed to it. I'm more open to it than in a Storm book. Well, I, and I guess we differ as well because I just, I, I don't. I, there's so much politics everywhere, on every show I watch, on every channel, when I'm driving, on the radio, in the gym, everywhere is something political. And I love to just open up comic books and not read anything about politics. I just want a fun 
story with excellent characters drawn really well that's that's worth 3.99 you know it's going to take me more than 7 minutes to read the story and i'm just i'm in the marvel universe and i'm not here for a while you know is that is that too much to ask anymore <laughs> is that too much to ask yeah, no no i i get that i just don't know if that's um i just like there could be a good comedy book in the Marvel Universe, I think there could be a good political book in the Marvel Universe, and that could be this. I think what we got was a uh, event or crossover that was more political than most. Yeah. I mean, maybe the next one won't be, you know? No, let's just not have an event for a while. I mean, this Venomverse thing seems to be shaping up good. Uh, not as an event, though. <laughs> no, it's terrible. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it's just these these line wide crossovers where the Marvel universe has rocked and changed. Just take a break. <laughs> they can't do that. They can't do that. They need to do one giant one at least a year. I mean, no. <laughs> well, okay. Why don't we Why don't we transition into? Is it generations or legacy? What, what I'm I'm still have a hard time between the two. <laughs> Well, Legacy is coming up. Legacy comes out Wednesday. Uh, this podcast is re- being recorded on Monday, September 18th, I mean 25th. So by the time it's released, Marvel Legacy might already be out. Sure, sure. We're going to talk about it anyway. <laughs> but it comes out Wednesday in two days. Marvel Legacy is supposed to be, the, uh, according to Axel, the third chapter in Marvel's plans, which I think is a crock. <laughs> what what, I, I, what were the first two? Uh, yeah, right. The Marvel Now, and then uh, Marvel even more now, even nower. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But basically, they're just you know the the sales numbers. You look at the sales numbers, and they're just not what they used to be at all. You know, it's it's crazy that some of these books. You know, ten years ago, these would books would have been canceled, and now they're the highest selling but they're still selling the same numbers that they would be canceled at, you know? Um, people are just not reading comics or whatever, and and uh, so they're supposedly going back to basics, and some characters are going to be coming back from the dead. We know that Jean Grey is coming back, but she'll be back in December. But apparently, spoilers came out today on the internet, but I'm trying to stay away. Someone else is revealed to come back on Wednesday in Marvel Legacy. Woohoo! Yeah. So, so I can go check that out. I'm going to. No, no, no. I mean, I'm at, I'm at the spoilers. I can find out right now. Yeah, and if you if you tell me, I will shank you. <laughs> That's too much Walking Dead right there. <laughs> so we'll see. We'll see. Hopefully, it's good. I'm the art looks decent. I you know I. I'm kind of sad that Gene is coming back in all actuality. Gene is a character best served as deceased. <laughs> Why? Why? Why would you say that? Well, when she first died, before it was revealed that the Phoenix cloned her or whatever, all that junk in the cocoon, you know, when, <laughs> when she died at the end of Dark Phoenix, that was perfect. Like, she had a, a wonderful story. She she sacrificed herself for the greater good. It was it was great. It it. It pulled X-Men stories for years and years and years to come because this great character had been had had killed herself to save everyone else. 
And these things had huge ramifications on everybody. And then they brought her back. Excuse me, I keep coughing. <laughs> and uh, and she just wasn't... <clears throat> she just wasn't the great... I don't know, it just took away so much specialness of her sacrifice, you know? In that it wasn't really her. It was the phoenix that did it. And she was really alive in a cocoon at the bottom of the ocean. And she came back, and then she got killed by the Sentinels, and then she came back, and and uh, and she was killed uh, by Magneto and Wolverine, and and now she's coming back again. You know, she's this is the longest she's been gone. She's been gone for thirteen years, and it, it just you know, I just see her coming back again. You know, we're dealing with the Phoenix stuff again. It's <laughs> it's just a retread, you know, and there's a and I know that Marvel's currently, you know, they're trying to get back to basics and like with X-Men books, they're trying to, they're trying to recapture the past as opposed to looking at it for inspiration. Yeah. And picking up like uh plot threads that haven't been finished yet. I wish they would do that. Kind of go back and look at all those things and say, okay, well, where's the natural progression instead of like, what can we do? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're saying, you know, all right, the X-Men gold team, we're going to, Pretty much put together the exact same team from the 70s, and we're going to bring back these classic villains, and they're going to have the same storyline, but in 2017. You all excited? <laughs> like, no, I'm not excited. And then in X-Men Blue, we're going to have the original X-Men, but it's really a time-displaced version. And Wolverine is back, but it's a time-displaced version of his kid. And we're going to throw a time-displaced version of Storm in there, too. And they, it's going to be amazing because we're bringing back all these villains from the past to tell you the same stories. Like, it's just not good. <laughs> so, so what is legacy? Do we know is is it a is it a centralized story or is it just a bunch of random stories that come back? And I mean, is it another event or is it a collection of comics like those generations comics? It's supposed to be, I guess, around this character, this other character that might be coming back on Wednesday. And that the gene thing is part of legacy, but it's going to be a separate mini event. Phoenix resurrected, I think, is what it's Phoenix resurrection. Hmm. Hmm. So, because I guess the I guess they didn't take out the Phoenix enough during AVX. <laughs> yeah. And then when it, it came back in Thanos, and now it's coming back again. Like this bird, man. Dude, they forgot that they even had it in AVX. That's what I'm thinking. Like, go back and read your stuff that you just released a few years ago, guys. Yeah, they they, they don't remember. They don't remember. I mean, that was a while ago now, though, right? Wasn't that 2012, or was that when was that? Yeah, but that's five years, you know. The same people are still working there. <laughs> no excuse. I mean, the people that wrote it and drew it are there. <laughs> Could you knock on their door and, you know, get a refresher course? Is there is there any title that you're reading right now that you're really enjoying? Um, come on, man! No. Come on, come on! I'm, I always, you know, as soon as X Men Gold comes out, I read it. It's the first one I read in hopes that it's going to be awesome. But I mean, this last issue. Are you reading X Men Gold? No. Uh. The the entire issue was the origin of this green alien character that appeared in the first issue as a part of the new brotherhood uh -huh. and he it was it was so weird it 
it was like an X-Men Unlimited story, but they put it in X-Men Gold. Uh, and the alien, it turns out like he, he was born on this planet as a mutant alien instead of a regular alien. And so he killed his mom and he killed his dad and he started to take over the country and he even had like little Nazi symbols on his arm and he was taking over and um, then he got banished and it was like, what? What is this? <laughs> is this still Guggenheim right now? Yeah, yeah. So I know Mojo versus the Mojo thing is coming up next. I don't know. I just, I need a job at Marvel. I need to help them. <laughs> I need to help them. What are you really excited about? I, uh, I've been, I've been digging. <laughs> this. Well, actually, I haven't read Run, Runaways 1 yet, but I think I would like that. Um, the Ben Riley Scarlet Spider, it's okay. I, I'm kind of into that. Um, okay. The I I always like Bendis' Spider Man with Miles Morales. It's a slow burn, but I I like that. Um, I'm anxious to catch up on Jessica Jones. I think I've given up catching up on Iron Man. I tried to do that for a long time. I read the first like 14 issues before they renumbered for um for Civil War two. Uh, I don't think I'm gonna do that uh, anymore. So I, right now, I think I'm just concentrating on the Spider-Man universe. I'm, I'm catching up on Venom also, so I think I'm all caught up on Venom. But that's not as good as I had hoped. Oh. So why is that? You know, it's Mike Costa, and I know they're kind of. I it feels like they're kind of just giving him a shot. Uh, he wrote some of the the um, Infinite books or the the kind of the online only ones, and. Okay. He was doing okay, but his main character was really weird. And then he had a premise like um, the host is evil and the symbiote's not evil. And the symbiote couldn't control himself and the host was making him do bad things. But then like out of nowhere, Eddie Brock comes back and takes over and now they're both evil. And, you know, so you got Eddie back, which is cool. And it's kind of the old status quo and it went back to its original numberings as much as venom had um but then like this weird venom verse is going on and that's just i mean that's colin bun and it's still bad so it's shame yeah i i'm i'm hoping that amazing spider-man gets somewhat back on track with uh you know with the new numbering and as it goes back to to its original type of thing but you know i Right now, I'm doing a lot of solo books. Even Punisher's not that good. And Punisher's like kind of my go-to, like, how, how can you mess that up, you know? Yeah, he, he just does one thing. Right, right. How can you mess that up? But it's kind of it's kind of been weird, too. Well, have you heard about Fen- Venom Incorporated? Yeah, the cover looks awesome, but yeah. I don't know what the premise is on that. It's, it's that guy that had Venom after Flash. Him and Eddie Brock and Flash Thompson... And Spider-Man, it's going to be a four-issue crossover, like, battling for the symbiote. Oh, well, in, in the main Spider-Man book, right? Two issues in Spider-Man, two issues in Venom. <clears throat> okay, I could go, I could get on with that. That'd be cool. That makes a lot more sense to me, actually. So, yeah, if you follow us on Facebook, we try and post that stuff. If, uh, if I follow you on Facebook? If I follow our yeah. show on Facebook? Yes, that would be recommended. <laughs> it's... <laughs> it's... It never fails... It never fails that you do. You always have to uh, give me a jab there. <laughs> Just saying, you know, we're really close to thirty-three fifty. You know, people following us. 
<laughs> you crack me up, dude. No, I'm just All right, well, is there anything else you wanted to say? No, I'm sure I've said enough that we'll have some comments on the show. <laughs> <laughs> Do you tend to get a lot of feedback? No, not a, not a whole lot, but sometimes people will tweet stuff. Uh, speaking <laughs> of of uh, that, Danny, he is a subscriber to the Marvelous Box, and you might remember meeting him. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, yep. He gave us a live shout-out on um, one of his uh, live feeds on Instagram I was watching. Nice! And he also said, he also said I really missed the I – don't, I don't care as much for the short episodes. I like the longer ones. Nice! So, this one is for you, Danny. You should like it. It's not quite two hours, but it is longer than our 20-minute one. <laughs> yep. Oh, perfect. All right. Well, uh, this is uh, <laughs> the M6P. You can visit our website, M6P. Uh, I'm sorry, TheM6P.com. You can email us at uh, M6PLLC at gmail.com. And you can follow us on Twitter at TheM6P. Can you hit us up on Facebook.com slash TheM6P. Instagram and YouTube under the M6P. You can also give us a call and be a part of our show at 616-755-TINA. We are sponsored by DCBService.com, Discount Comic Book Service. Go there and uh, pre-order all your single issues, 40% off for your Marvel titles. We're also sponsored by CRPSavings.com. For all of your needs at Office Depot and Office Max, get their membership for $39. the lifetime membership. And you get discounts on 98% of the products that Office Depot offers at crpsavings.com. We're also sponsored by michaelwebsolutions.com for all of your SEO and internet marketing needs. And lastly, we're sponsored by ourselves, themarvelousbox.com. You pay $25 and you get over $100 of new Marvel graphic novels selected just for you, sent right to your front door. No box is the same. Uh, we've got a lot of different uh, review videos on Facebook and on YouTube. So check them out, get a preview of what other people are getting, and then subscribe at themarvelousbox.com. Wow, that is perfect. I, I, every, it blows me away every time. $100 worth of books for 25 bucks. It's a great deal. Like you, you, There's nowhere else you can get it. <laughs> and they're all Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> well, until next time, this is the M6P.